0: Episode of Power Move Makers. This series was created with a simple goal in mind, to bring to the table high-level executives, successful entrepreneurs, and just all-around inspiring human beings. Not just focusing on their successes, but more important, shining a spotlight on the road they traveled to get there. Now, this week's guest, I'm so happy to have them as part of the program, he is a three-time award-winning author. He's a motivational speaker, and he just has this amazing story that's so inspirational. And I thought we should bring him on because it's so many people that were once in his position, and he has found his way out to the other side of success. So I think many people are going to be able to get something out of your story.
1: Please welcome to this week's Power Move Maker series, Mr. Jermaine. Miller. Jermaine, hey what sir. up, man? My brother, man. It's an incredible opportunity to be here with you. I'm inspired to be on your show today, uh, sharing, motivating, inspiring, doing what I know I could do best.
0: Yes, sir, yes, sir. And, and, and you're really great at that. Like, I think our, our guests are gonna get so much out of this because you inspire me, and you know we'll get into this later in the show. I have not announced that I worked on my first book, and you were probably the the main reason for me wow. finally sitting down after saying I was going to write a book for many years and actually putting pen to the paper. And, and and I truly do owe that to you. So thank you so much, Jermaine. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I'm I'm honored to hear that, and I'm I'm inspired to know that that you finally put that pen to paper, and got that work done. You know you got a purpose here, my brother.
0: Okay, so Jermaine, who is Jermaine Miller? Like, you know, where did Jermaine Miller come from? Take me back. You know, is is it a two-parent household? Is is it, you know, were you born rich? Were you born impoverished? Start at the beginning for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, In fact, I was uh, raised in a single-parent household. Glad you brought that up as most of us are, uh, raised in the forgotten borough, Shilin Island, Staten Island. Nobody really knows Staten Island until we start talking about Mm -hmm. Wu-Tang. But my mom raised me and my younger brother who's five years younger than than me. And she did what was best for us, Uh, put a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food on the table, that's all we can ask. Um, And I had some influences growing up, man. You know, uh, mostly negative, but the positive influence that I had grown up was my grandmother. My grandmother lived in Harlem in the 80s and the 90s. And I'm gonna date myself when I start talking about that. But uh, if you remember Harlem in those times, uh, it was drugs, I mean, the good thing, evolution of rap, but abandoned buildings, number running, you name it. And I used to go visit my grandmother, and she was a, a secretary at a Baptist church on 146th Street between 7th and 8th and a 145th between 7th and 8th and she made $200 a week as a church secretary. And there were there was one thing that inspired me growing up. I wanted to get her a home and get her out of those drug infested streets in Harlem. So I went to school, got good grades in school, was the first person to go away to college. The second year in college, here's what we discovered. She had lung cancer. And cancer in seven different languages, is the most feared word. Someone hears cancer, immediately think, you know, this is going to be it for for me, or this is going to be it for somebody who has it. And so, I did what I thought I should do. I thought I was smart enough. I dropped out of college, came home, um, and spent some time with my grandmother. And a few short uh, weeks later, she she passed away. And when I buried my grandmother, here's what I didn't realize until years later, I buried my dreams and I buried my goals. And sometimes in life, a lot of us go through things in life where we get hit in the chest, you know, we get hit with adversity, we get hit with challenges and our dream was connected to something and now we don't have that anymore. So now we lost our will to live. And for six years of my life, I did that. I parked my dreams, I parked my goals, all of the things that I promised her that I would do. I woke up at 25 years old, every reason to do well in life, but I was failing. Here's why. I woke up one morning staring at the ceiling. I was sleeping on a basement floor. I had 93 cents in my bank account, pennies in my pocket. I was going through a divorce. I had children by different women, spend some time in Rikers, you name it, Murphy's Law, if anything can go wrong, it will. And so I had to make a decision, Sean, and that decision was, if I continue doing the same thing I'm doing now, where will I be five years from now? The challenge is, when we're dealing with adversity and we're dealing with obstacles and stuff like that, Because we're so focused on that, we never really focused on what it is that we do want. So we don't get in life what we want because we're always focused on what we don't want. So when I asked myself, where did I want to be in five years? I knew I didn't want to be where I was. But the hard thing I had to do was I had to stop blaming the circumstances. I had to stop blaming people. I blamed the economy. I blamed the government. I blamed society. I blamed my children's mother. I blamed every possible thing instead of going for the real cause, which was which was me. And so, I wanted to do a couple of things. The first thing I thought about doing was going back to college, but I realized that with children now, build some mountain uh, college probably wouldn't be the ideal thing. I had a trouble getting jo- jobs because. I had a negative attitude. So one of the next thing I decided to do was, in conversating with a friend of mine, get involved in the real estate industry in New York. And here's what he said. Stop
0: there. Stop there. Because you got so much to your story. (laughs) And I want to unpack I'm sitting here. And I'm already motivated. You got me here right now. Right. Just hearing the first half of your story. But before we get too far, I want to bring it back because I want to bring... The, the listeners and the people who um, will watch this on YouTube, I want to walk them through your story because you are such a miracle and, and, and you have so much to really give to our audience. So I'm, let's go backwards for a second, okay? Yeah, sure. Your
1: grandmother passes away. You never go back to school. What school were you in at the time? I was in Delaware State University in, in uh, Delaware, Delaware. Okay, so you were in a good school. Never go back to school. Why was your grandmother?
0: Why was so many? You 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 said something that just stood out to me. You said many of your dreams and your aspirations were attached to something, which in your case is your grandmother. Right. What was it about your grandmother? Yeah, you know, you came up with your mother, obviously, and lived with a younger brother. What was it about that matriarch of the family that for you? represented so much in terms of your personal aspirations, your personal goals, your personal desire to succeed in this life? And and, and why when she passed, so went your dreams, so went your your desire to to
1: really just achieve more in this life? Well, it's interesting you would ask that. Uh, She was one of those type of people that was, was motivational. She was inspirational. And Uh, She always believed what was possible for others was also possible for me. And it was, it's interesting because there are people that are in our lives that actually don't believe in themselves as much as they actually believe in somebody else. Isn't that incredible? And so that's where she saw me. I couldn't do anything wrong. I couldn't fail. You know, I'd, I'd fall down. She'd pick me up, you know, get back in the race, get back in the ring and fight this thing out. And her motivation and her drive and her belief in me was what I used until my own belief kicked in, until I started believing um, that I can win, until I started believing that I can do have and be, and she was that inspiration. So when we, when we lost her, I didn't realize that that was my driving force, that was my motivation to actually live in life. And when we lose those motivational pieces, it's like, man, I don't even really know where to begin.
0: Wow. I, I, I wanna dive into your descent. You lose your grandmother, what are you, 19, 20 years old? 19, at the 19. 19 years old at the time. Let's talk about your descent, because you mentioned something. You said years later, five, six years later, you, you find yourself waking up on a basement floor with 93 cents in your pocket. Multiple baby mamas did a stint in Rikers. How does your life, a college student, someone who is is on the fast track to success? I get that the catalyst, your grandmother, right. that's the catalyst that that started you on this descent. But walk us through how do you get to a basement floor five six years later with ninety three cent in your pocket? You know sure. what, what, how did you wind up in Rikers? How many okay. kids do you have? How many baby sure. mamas do you have? This, this is what what. I just find fascinating.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the first thing is we don't look far down the road and ask ourselves, "Will the errors in my present judgment how would that affect me years down the line?" We don't really pay that far attention to down the road, right? Mm -hmm. So we make all these decisions now that we don't weigh the costs. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, "You know, if the day that I ate a hamburger, I had a heart attack, I'd be a little bit more strict about my diet. But because I don't have a heart attack the initial time that I eat the hamburger, I'll just keep eating those hamburgers. Here's what life says, it's okay, but I'm gonna give you the compound effect of your neglect in your health years down the line and you'll pay with a significant penalty. And so that's exactly what happened to me. I'm making all these wrong decisions. I'm doing all these wrong things. And then on top of that, I'm living with guilt, shame, fear, frustration. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to do it. I don't know how to do it. And the compound effect of my uh, indecisions, the compound effect of my not sound decisions caused me to be at that place at 25 years old, uh, every reason to do well, but failing in life. How many kids? At that point, when I finally woke up at 25, I had three daughters. I had three daughters by three different women.
0: Okay, so you were all the way out there. At this it was time.
1: all the way out there. Yeah, <laughs> all, okay. all the way out there. How'd you wind up on Rikers? Uh, it's a long story, but a short the short end of it. And, I worked and, and, for and I'm sorry
0: to cut in for anybody who's watching this that does not know what Rikers is. Rikers Island is a correctional facility in New York
1: City. Back to you well, yeah, uh, on so I, I the the short end of it I, I work for a bank um, and that's kind of like where I was heading at my earlier age my earlier time in life. I wanted to be in a financial institution uh, you know uh, financial advisor working with money, et cetera, et cetera. so I started off in a bank. long story short of it, we had a client come in that had some fraudulent checks that at that particular time, I wound up cashing these checks that he actually stole from multiple people. I mean, he was actually in the news recently for some fraud. And I'm like, this guy, 20, almost 25 years later, is still doing the same exact thing. And I wind up cashing the checks for him. They weren't supposed to be cashed. They had, they needed their whole time. Bank thought I was in cahoots with the guy, you know, another African-American male, unfortunately. I wind up not having the money for sound counsel, taking the charge, having to pay back restitution, couldn't pay the restitution back, they wound up remanding me, putting me in Rikers for a few.
0: To all my movers, if you love educational and inspirational content just like this, please like, comment, and subscribe to this channel. But most important, if you know anybody making power moves just like you, share it. Now back to the video. So you're telling me, you know, in, in this whole scam culture we live in, this is normal.
1: This is normal. Yes. This is normal
0: now. People yeah. are, are, are scamming left and right. Yeah, Guy scamming. comes to the bank, hands you a check, you think it's legit, you cash it, have nothing to do with this. Nothing. Whatsoever. Right. And you find yourself charged in not having adequate count, counsel, winding
1: up in jail behind this? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's funny that we, I mean, we can talk about all of the stuff that's going on now, not having adequate counsel, but think about not having adequate counsel in those banking financial institutions where they yep. feel like you're stealing other people's money or they feel like you're stealing uh, the bank's money or any kind of money. They're trying to send you away, you know, for, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand $30,000. They're going to try to send you away for the maximum. And so what wound up happening is I'm young. I didn't really know what was going on, you know, got a regular attorney and he's like, listen, take the charge, you know, petty larceny, petty theft, etc. cetera, uh, you'll be okay, but you just can't work in a financial institution in 10 years, but they're gonna charge you also for you to pay back this restitution because you was a part of this. And I'm like, you know, but once you plead guilty to something, you are a part of it. You're in cahoots of it. So I was right. on the hook for money that I had nothing to do with.
0: Damn. You know, before we move on, it's so sad because your story is just ever so common in our communities. You know, these attorneys, especially the ones that are, are given to you by the government, they're overworked, they have so much on their plate, and everything for them is, let me just get this off. Of my plea. And the best way to do that is, you know, convince my client to take a plea. And right. here it is, you know, your case, like so many others, innocent young brothers and sisters find themselves clueless to the law, clueless to the long term ramifications of right. saying I did something that I didn't do. Right. But if I take this to trial, I'm looking at, you know, 10 Easy. plus years or so.
1: Easy, yep.
0: You know, it's, it's, it, I'm so sorry to hear that you got even caught up in that situation. Tell me about the day and the actual day, if you can remember, being in the basement, 93 cent in your pocket, waking up and having to look at life and saying, I need to make a change. Like, what was that day like? What? Why was that day any different from any other day that you lived?
1: Yeah, man, it's incredible that you bring that up because I've been, you know, with the whole pandemic going on, I've been able to connect with a lot of my emotions and a lot of things that has transpired in my life. In certain points, so I'm able to go right to that that particular that particular day, and I remember waking up and saying, you know what, man, I can't live like this anymore. But here's the challenge that most of us deal with: we can't live like this anymore but we don't have an image of what we do want to live like. So because we don't Ooh, know- what hold do, on, hold
0: on. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Ooh, J- say that again, and I want you to say it slow because I want somebody who is listening to- un- Because that is the root. That is the root
1: cause of
0: why so many people can't advance in life. Exactly what you just said.
1: Um, So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I woke up and I was trying to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. And the reason why I couldn't get or the reason why I believe that most people can't get what they want out of life is because they're so centered on what it is that they don't want and they don't have the image of what it is that they actually do want. So they can't paint paint the picture. You see, we live in images. If you say something, you automatically see the image of what it is that you say. That's why words have power and people are just speaking things loosely, but they really don't realize what they're speaking. So if I don't have an image of who I wanna be, I can't speak myself to that particular person, that particular place, that particular goal, that particular dream. So that day, I knew I didn't want to live like this anymore, but I finally said, this is who I really want to live like. And I was willing to do something what most people aren't willing to do, Sean. They're not willing to give something in exchange for where they are to get to where they want to be. They would rather stay in a known hell than venture off to a strange heaven because they simply don't know. So that morning when I woke up, I said, listen, I don't want to live like this anymore, but I definitely have to decide what I do want to live like so that I can at least start to go in that direction of that dream, of that goal, and of that idea.
0: Can we talk, you know, You've had a lot of success over the years building a real estate um, business, a, a, a motivational speaker, publisher of the Wake Up to Win and in, in, in the Wake Up series. Let's just call it that. Um, you have several books in that series. You know, you you are a, a, a master at self publishing, and you you know, I, I know that that you have never, ever spoke about this publicly, but you are have launched a a company to help others self-publish their books. Can you walk us through the tangible steps, just in case somebody is in their own basement, somebody is is right now with 93 cents in their pocket and is tired, like, you know, you grew up in the hood just like I grew up. Yes. And we have seen so many people who have been down on their luck, people who have been strung out on drugs. And I can remember, even with my own family members, taking them to rehab, they've been leaping rehab, begging right. them, pleading with them to right. get off these drugs, stop drinking, stop doing all of this. But it's always when they're ready. Like right. you can push them, is you can you can take them and look. I'm taking you to a facility. They'll leave because they're not ready. But it's that day that they wake up and they say to themselves, "I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of living life the way I've been living it, and I deserve more." Right. So for anybody who's listening. Can you just help us with, what were your steps? What are some tangible steps that people can take right now, this minute, if they find themselves in a position that you were in?
1: Well, I like to just piggyback before I get into that over something that you just said that was super powerful. Uh, The first step is the person has to get to a point of disgust. Like I just, I can't live like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I am valuable, or uh, I have now placed a value on my life. Um, There's an interesting quote that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Here's what was so powerful about that. The student needs to be ready. (laughs) The teacher's always here, Sean. The teacher's life. But sometimes we're just not ready for that. So the teacher won't appear until we're ready. There are five steps or five tangible things that someone it doesn't matter where they are if they utilize these uh, steps they can dramatically change the course of their life in an instant the first one is you got to decide like you literally like I mean you can't even be on a fence anymore because indecision is a decision it's just a decision to fail right so you got to decide do I want to be on this fence and not decide to go after my dream or my goal or do I wanna go after my dream and go after my goal? So I gotta decide. And then I gotta decide what it is that I actually want, right? We don't get in life what we do want because we never decide what it is that we do. We only decide what we do want after what we don't want appears. Now I start to make the decision, hey, listen, I don't wanna be broke. I don't wanna be unhappy. I don't want to be frustrated. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to, I don't want. Now I'm making the decision, but now at that point it's kind of too late and I'm spending all my time going to get rid of everything that I don't want instead of focusing on what I do want. So I got to know what I do want. The next thing you want to do is you got to write your goals down. And a lot of people don't realize how powerful this is. They start putting pictures on a board and start doing all those things. No. You have to actually physically write down what it is that you don't want. Here's why people don't write down what it is that they do want. When we were younger, they used to say, use your imagination. We start using our imagination. They say, it's just your imagination. We don't use our imagination anymore. So we don't write our goals down. The second reason why we don't write our goals down is because we actually fear that we can't accomplish the thing that we write down. But how is it being in real estate, I know personally, that in order for me to build a building, build a house, build a structure, build anything, I need a blueprint. So in order for you to build the life of your dreams, you need a blueprint. Where can you go to see yourself on this map of your dreams, on this map of your goals? Are you living your life by design or are you living your life by default? Design says I'm living how I want to live. I'm driving how I want to drive. I'm happy. I'm shopping where I want to shop. I'm living where I want to live. By default says I'm not living the way I want to live. I'm working where I don't want to work. I'm in relationships with people I don't want to be in. So you actually have to write these things down and you got to write them down as though it's impossible for you to fail. And the reason why we don't write these things down as though they were impossible for us to fail, is because every single year we write our goals down or we think we have our goals written down. And because we actually don't accomplish all the goals on our list, we keep rolling over goals. Remember back in the days AT&T used to have rollover minutes? That's exactly what we do with our goals. Every single year we're rolling our goals over and now they're no longer inspiring. So when someone talks about goals or writing goals down, we like, nah, man, I ain't writing no goals down because the last time I tried to write my goals down, they ain't work. Here's the problem. The goals aren't inspiring anymore. So it's okay for you to take those goals that you had that you didn't accomplish 10 years ago and start all over. What is inspiring to me now? What's gonna cause me to get up in the morning? What's gonna cause me to leave a legacy? And these are questions that we can only ask for ourselves. So the first thing you wanna do is you wanna decide what you want. The second thing you wanna do is you wanna write your goals down. The third thing you wanna do is you wanna organize a list. And the reason why you wanna organize this list is so powerful because a lot of us will write all of these things down and then we're gonna spend the majority of our life going after a whole bunch of things at the same time. And here's what starts to happen to us. I'm giving all my energy to this. I'm giving all my energy to that. I'm giving all my energy to this. And now I don't understand time. I don't understand, and I'm all over the place. And I'm just trying to achieve and accomplish one thing. When you organize a list, you say, hey, listen, this is important for me first. I wanna go back to school. I wanna buy a home. I wanna do this, I wanna get married. And you put that thing in an organized list, so now you're spending the dominating portion of your time going after that one thing that you actually want. We have to learn the difference between majors and minors. Majors is, I'm spending the majority of my time going after the thing that I want, the life that I wanna live, and the people that I wanna be around. I can't spend the majority of my time on my minors. My minors are the things that are taking me away from my goals, the things that are taking me away from my ideas, and the things that are taking me away from my dreams. So if my th- if my, my goals and my dreams are organized on my list, I can now say, hey, listen, I got four years to accomplish college. If I wanna buy a home, these are the steps that it takes. You have my brother Matthew on here recently, And I know he talked about mortgages, but if you are thinking about buying a home, there are steps that you gotta take to purchase a home. If I'm thinking about buying a home, thinking about going to college, thinking about getting a car, thinking about my kids, thinking about my family, there's no possible way I'm gonna focus all my time and energy on that one thing. So you gotta decide what you want, you gotta write things down, you gotta organize your list, and last but not least, you wanna take some action. A lot of us don't take no action. We only take action when it's too late. Here's when it's too late. When the gap between us making the decision to go after what we want and reality sets in. That's when we decide to take the action or it's too late and we start procrastinating. When it's too late, uh, we're filled with life. We're filled with adversity. We're filled with challenges. And now that dream that I had that goal that I wanted to go after is now too challenging because I have too many things that I have to overcome in order for me to go after that goal. So when you decide what you want, you got to take action pronto, right away. You got to go after it. If you don't have the money, it's fine. We focus so much on the how-to we forget about what we want. I don't have the money, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not in shape, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not, we focus on the how-to so much, we never focus on what we want. So decide what you want, write it down, organize that list, and start to take some action effective immediately. Whew, I feel
0: like I should be paying you to on your <laughs> podcast. Good job, Jermaine. <laughs> My you goodness. just gave somebody some gems. I can't wait to release this segment. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost like like you got me so am. I'm like, where do I go from here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just staying on the lines of everything that you said, and I believe that it's 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 right there. Can we talk about a, just having a definite. A definiteness of purpose.
1: Oh, I love it! Yes.
0: Yeah, in, in in really trying to do everything in your power to live your dreams, to go after your dreams. But I I I believe it starts with this definiteness of purpose.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, Henry David Thoreau, he once said, "If a man advances confidently in the direction of his dreams," and endeavors to live the life that he's imagined he would meet with success, unexpected, in common hours. Here's what was so powerful about that quote. It was life-changing for me. In order to meet with success, unexpected, in common hours, Sean, you got to have something worthwhile going after. So whatever that purpose is, whatever that drive is, whatever that desire is, whatever that dream is, Whatever that want is, it has to be a magnet. It has to pull you through that adversity, through those downtimes, through those hurdles. In fact, uh recently when I wrote my second book, Wake Up and Live, I wrote I wasn't prepared. Let me not say I wasn't prepared to write it, but it wasn't a book that I was thinking about writing. I was thinking about writing something else. And uh I was watching CNN, constant negative news, MSNBC, all these. Negative things all day long, and I'm get, I'm not that ty- I'm not a consumer of negative information. So I'm getting up, upset, frustrated. I'm seeing everything that's going on, um, and so I said, you know what? Today is the last day I'm gonna watch this stuff. So right before I was getting ready to turn off the television, hit that red button on the remote. This thing happened, turned my whole life around. The cameraman, in the midst of our pandemic, our riots, looting, uh, gun violence. Um, fires, crowds in the street, police, everything. In the midst of all of this, the cameraman zeroes in on somebody sleeping on a bench with the covers pulled over their eyes. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, in the midst of all of this, he lost his purpose. In the midst of all of this, he's somewhere laying afraid to go after his dream because of everything he sees that's going on right now. So I asked myself this question. I want to ask you this today, Sean. Are you laying somewhere mentally, spiritually, physically, financially with mental covers pulled over your eyes? Because you're afraid that even in the midst of everything that's going on right now, you don't have a will to live. That will to live is purpose. And despite everything that's going on, what we have to understand and what we have to realize is that tough times don't last, but tough people do. But the tough people that last, even in this adversity, we have to realize that adversity breeds winners. But the winners only win when they have a purpose in life to go after. There's something that pulls them every single morning. They get up out of the bed without, with or without the alarm clock because there's something much larger for them to go after. That's the definiteness of purpose.
0: Well said, um, you, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you, and it's such a wonderful example you gave. In the midst of fires, looting, all kinds of things going on, cameraman pans and he sees a, a human being, a man laying with a... right. right. It, 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 you know... It's such a great analogy because there's so many people. And it's kind of why I do this program. Because people are walking around with that, figuratively speaking, with that cover pulled over their life. And somewhere along the line, they've lost their purpose. They just existed. All that's going on in the world they are laying somewhere on a bench with a cover pulled over and, and, and they're just stuck. So it, it's great the way that you pointed that out. I think it's, a, it's an amazing analogy. And I think, you know, people should really just take a self inventory, look at yourself in the mirror and be honest. Am I stuck? You know, right. have I lost my purpose? Have I lost my way? And if so, let me go and it's something you said earlier that I, I think is just so strong because people don't understand the power, the, the, the power of making a decision. Wow, yeah. It's in, it's, there wow. is so much power in making a decision and taking action.
1: Right. Period. No matter where you're at, right. on it's your math. journey, right. you are
0: literally one decision one decision that you stick to and take action from changing your own life. There's so much power in making a decision. I agree. You know, I was going to, to take this conversation a different direction, but just listening to you, I think I'd be doing a disservice if we did not. Because, I, 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 you know, I, I truly do love to go through people's journey. And I right. know you did extremely well in real estate. And you have since transitioned into becoming this incredible motivational and public speaker. So I'll bring you back on the program. We could talk about real estate. Of
1: course. Yeah, a, that's, everybody's in that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, word. I think
0: that I, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't dig deep into how did you, because You have this amazing story. You articulated it so far in this conversation so well. But let's look at the optics of this. So many people who have gone through what you went through, life is about perspective. They would see their life as a tragedy. They would see their life from the glass half empty. What was me? I've been through some very difficult times. And because of that, I can't do X. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be more than what I am today. Mm -hmm. How did you come to this place, you know, of, of, of even understanding that your story, your story itself could be powerful motivation to help somebody else that finds themselves in the same position that you were once in?
1: That's powerful and I'm glad you asked that question, Sean. I believe we spoke about that a few months ago uh, when you were talking about your book. And I mm-hmm. think the common denominator uh, is this. When, uh, James Allen, I'm sure you can see all of the books behind me, but there's about 1500 of them back there. So I love reading, but uh, James Allen once said, uh, circumstances only reveal who we are to ourselves was one of the most powerful things I've ever really heard. And when we understand that the things that we're going through in life, it's not about us, Sean. It's about the people we will impact and empower because we went through them and they will hear our voice differently. It's, it's interesting, right? When we had that conversation a few months ago, I said, listen, man, you don't know how powerful you are. You don't know how many people's lives would change because your reach is not like my reach. My reach is not the same as, as your reach. The people that are hear my voice won't, won't ne- will be impacted and, and empowered a little different than the people that are hear your voice. You have your community. So for you to sit on the sidelines with all of the stuff that you've gone through saying, "Whoa, is me, why did I go through this? This doesn't make any sense. It's the same philosophy a lot of people use. So what I said to myself is, maybe I didn't necessarily know why I was going through what I was going through when I was going through it at the time, but now I realize it was just to impact and empower people to live their dream because I was living mine. And that's the important thing. When we talk about purpose in life, purpose is not a car. Purpose is not a house. Purpose is not money. Purpose is the lives you change today the lives you affect, the, the people who you help get to, the people who said, if it wasn't for you, if, if I didn't hear from you, if you didn't call me, if I didn't see you, if you didn't do this, I don't know where I would be right now. That's purpose. And if we're going to continue going through this adversity, continue to go through these obstacles in life, why not let it be for something powerful, like you changing a million people's lives because of it. And so that's pretty much where I was in the field of real estate, I started realizing that I loved helping people. I I didn't mind closing the deal. I didn't mind selling the home. But I just felt like that there was so much more to life and so many more people that I can impact and empower that I could not live my dream or show people that they could live theirs until I lived mine.
0: You know, we have very similar stories in that, right? Um, you know, I, I felt as though, and here I am, the CEO of my company, and I felt as though I was sleepwalking. Right. Because it's something about, maybe it's age, I don't know. Um, but you come to a point, and you start to see the world differently. You start to see life differently. For some people, it happens later in life. For others, it might happen early. And I came to realize it didn't even matter. You know, matter. I'm, I'm chasing the dollar. I'm chasing what the world sees or deems to be success. But success for me was exactly when, when I sat and I was just quiet on myself and I was trying to understand why am I, you know, why, why is not closing the next big client as important to me anymore? And I had to really search my soul and, 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 you know, what I came back with and this took time was, Sean, that serves you, but how are you serving others? How is somebody else going to benefit from all of the connections, all of the knowledge, all of your experience? That's what legacy is about. And even as I sit here today and I, you know, recently did an interview myself and I was explaining to someone, for me, when I, Sean, when, when my life is done, when I'm on my deathbed and people talk to me about my legacy, if there is a human being that I have never met, a human being that I don't know their name, I've never come into contact with them, but their life was changed because of something I said, something I wrote, something I did. And they say, is the reason. I heard him, I read something he did. That made me change my life. Then for me, I die a happy, because my legacy now lives on through somebody else. Right. And and, and I love to hear that you said that. So I I gotta ask you, 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 you're doing so well at the point at real estate. Obviously I gotta believe that you started to see life as as I did, like it has gotta be more to this. Can you talk to me, because it's always risky going into something, you know, new. You're going into a yeah. whole new field. Like real estate is real estate. That's, right. that's, you know, you can go and you can get your, your broker's license and that's, there's a path for that, right. right. what I'm trying to say. But telling your story and earning a living that's all, like like how the hell will I do that? How do I make right. money? You know, and 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 I ask you this because there's somebody right now that's sitting and they're working a job they can't stand. Right. And for all I know, they're making a lot of money at this at this job. They they've been in this career for 20 plus years. Or maybe it's somebody at a dead-end job. Can you talk to me about the courage and in what people should do? to just give themselves that, that okay. I, it's okay for me to switch. Even if I don't know how I'm going to get to where I'm trying to go. I know that I want to do X, but I don't even know how I'm going to get there. But what I'm doing right now, it pays my bills. Right. Safe. I know that there's a check being um, deposited into my account every other week. But my heart is really over there, but I can't even see how I'm going to get there. Can you just talk to us about, you know, just steps people can take and or the mindset shift that people need to have to go and take that leap of faith, to bet on themselves, to walk through that door of the unknown?
1: Yeah, I like that. In fact, uh, Rollo May in his good book, A Man's Search for Himself, he said the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice, it's conformity. We don't have the courage to go after our dreams, so we just conform to everything and everybody else. And so I think one of the biggest challenges for me, you know, obviously I'm in real estate, I'm earning, you know, the, the income, you know, beautiful lifestyle, lovely lifestyle. And now I'm going back to ground zero, trying to to build a business from zero. And the speaking world is really, really different than obviously the real estate world. It's really different. Um, but one of the things that I was inspired by was I realized that this was something that I wanted to really, truly do. And most of us really want to do something, but the only reason why we don't do it, Sean, is what I just said. We don't know enough people. Number one, and number two. We don't feel like we can get paid for what it is that we know. So we don't do it, right? We don't know where to start. And so where I was at that particular point in my life, I had to make a decision. Am I going to sit here Don't get me wrong, the income's coming in. I love the income, but this is not what I really want to do. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. It's just a vehicle. It's just a conduit to get to to where I want to go. And so what I decided to do was just start. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great, right? And so I had to just start somewhere. And that's why that, um, what we talked about, the couple of steps, you have to know where you want to end up. I wanted to be an international bestseller, best uh uh speak speak international speaker, but I needed to know exactly what that looked like. So every single day I can focus on those steps those disciplines those practices a lot of people don't want to read i'm reading six seven eight books a month working on my mindset because i know that the challenges that people go through on a daily basis is all pretty much similar but the person that's going to help them is going to be the person that they actually can believe can help them so i wanted to be put in that particular uh that particular space so i'm up reading books i'm listening to audible i'm listening to the great speakers i'm working on my voice I'm working on my presentation, I'm working on all those things behind the scenes, I'm putting in the work because I knew that there was somewhere that I wanted to end up. But in order for you to actually do that, you actually have to see where you wanna go and where you wanna end up. And so I was willing, I was willing to be this person in the future right, and operate as that person who's in the future, although my current situation doesn't look like what I want it to look like right now. You follow what I'm saying?
0: I do. I do. Absolutely. It, 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 but I'm, I'm going to tell you, and I don't think people really understand, and I want to highlight this. It's one thing if you're going from real estate to accounting, there's a roadmap. Right. One thing if you're going from real estate to being a doctor, there's a roadmap but going into the speaking industry, what the, like, what is that? Like, where do I start? (laughs) Who's hiring speakers? Like, what does that mean? So I want to highlight it because you went into a very non-traditional industry, but you had the courage and the belief in yourself to take that leap of faith. And I need people... maybe somebody watching this wants to go into a non-traditional industry, but it can be done. It right. can be done. If you focus, if you put in the time, if you are willing to stay up forego go sleep, because yeah. maybe you can't just jump out the window, I'm going to quit this job and then go and, and you know, work on my next career. But if you are willing, once your eight hours at said job are up, to put in another eight hours to work on acquiring the tools and get yourself in position to go to the next, you know, chosen career of yours, it can be done. And I just, you know, I, I just want to highlight because to me, becoming a public speaker, it is not easy to make a living, to make a living at it is not easy. And you have been extremely successful at it. And I and I just love if you can do it, I'm only saying this all to say if you truth. can do it.
1: That's the anybody truth. Anybody
0: who's listening can
1: do it. That's the truth. You
0: know. <clears throat> so as a public speaker, and, and I, you know, I want to segue into your book series, your wake up series, um, Wake Up to Win, Wake Up to Live. Uh it's it, is it a chicken? Because you know, I, I don't know who wants to be a public speaker. <laughs> chicken. A ch- well. Chicken, uh, chicken uh, uh, well. the egg is it the egg and then the chicken? Oh, like, okay. like the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> if, if somebody's trying to become a public speaker, should they write a book first and that is the best segue into now you can go out and you can do public speaking based on your book?
1: You know, it's an interesting. Versa. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, right? I tell everybody to write a book because um, it gives it's it's almost like a business card, especially if you're speaking. You give them an idea of what you're going to talk about, and and the book has to have some kind of, especially if you're going to speak. It depends. You got to define your market, right? You're speaking in schools. You're speaking in Fortune 500 companies. You're speaking. You got to define that market because you can't take Um, a certain type of book in a certain type of market, right? They're not going to pay you. They don't want to hear what you have to say. So you have to identify what your market is and if what you're writing coincides with that particular market. Now, I'm not saying that you have to write a book, but I'm saying that it does open up doors and it does put you in position for credibility when you do have it versus when you don't have it. Now, I... I spoke, I trained, I coached for about two years before I wrote my first book. It was a grind. Now things are a lot differently because guess what? You can go online, see I'm a published author, a three-time published author. I just released my other book uh, two days ago, three times published author, best-selling author. So now the income bracket changes, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're going to pay you for the fact that you know what you're talking about. It's documented and it's printed. So it really depends on where you want to go. In fact, a friend of mine, he was the one who encouraged me to write a book. He said, Jermaine, I was traveling one day. I was on an airplane. Um, I happened to be sitting next to somebody. I was actually reading my book. And the person asked me, what were you reading? I gave her a copy of my book. She turns out to be a warden of a prison in Indianapolis. He went to prison. So he's talking about his journey into becoming a motivational speaker in Florida, they wind up ordering like 200 books and had him speak a paid gig in prison. You can't do that with a business card, right? <laughs> and so this is why it's important for you to have that book in front of you because it's almost like, hey, listen, here's what I'm gonna talk about and now I can get paid for it. A lot of us wanna start getting paid before we actually show our work.
0: Gotcha, I got a question. I should've asked you this earlier. Did you you know, and I'll tell you where this question came from. I uh I interviewed Tony Salemi, and he is a global leader in uh coaching and self-help and speaking. This guy is top of the charts from a global standpoint. And he asked me a question on my show. He said, Sean, if I charge you a million dollars. No, he said, how much would you be willing to pay to acquire knowledge to make you the best at what you want to be? Mm. And my answer to him was, as much as I can afford. And he was like, huh? He was like, okay, let me ask it a different way. Would you be willing to pay a million dollars to acquire the knowledge to get in front of a a, a person like himself to become the best at what I wanna be. And I was like, uh, again, if I can afford it. And he was like, that is the problem with most people. He was like, for me, I don't care what it costs. If I had to go out there, sell my home, sell my car, live on the street, do whatever, but I am going to get taught by the best. I am going to get information from the best. That is what is going to make you the best. Mm. So I asked you, did you invest in yourself as you were transitioning? I know you have a wonderful um, relationship with Les Brown who is arguably the GOAT in terms (laughs) of public speaking. But did you say to yourself, you know what? Public speaking, I can talk. I've been talking my whole life. You know, how how difficult could it be? Or did you invest in yourself? And can you talk to our audience about
1: the importance of investing in their dreams? I think what's important is, we yes, it's you have to invest in yourself. In fact, Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in America, once said the greatest investment you can make is not the investment in the stock market, not the investment in real estate, shoes, bags, Rolls Royces, or jewelry. He said the greatest investment you can make is the investment in yourself. And here's why. It's not what you get that makes you valuable. It's what you become that makes you valuable. And you can only become valuable when you invest in yourself. And sometimes what we have to understand is, It's not just the investment financially, but it's the investment in your time. Yes, I may have spent money on the book or the course or the seminar, but what did I do with my time after I invested the money? So when we talk about Les Brown being my spiritual father, and I'm privileged to have Les Brown as my spiritual father. Yes, you
0: are, brother. (laughs) Yes, you
1: are. It wasn't always my spiritual father. In fact, I didn't get into... Why I jumped into why I jumped up so powerful one morning with 93 cents in my account. I read the book, "Live Your Dreams" by Les Brown, and in it, he said, "You have something special. You have greatness in you." And it was the first time in my life that I heard something that resonated with me. I had greatness in me. And so for that long, I wanted to meet Les Brown. I wanted to just say, "Hey, man, thank you for impacting and empowering, and inspiring me. And so I I remember a few years ago, I went to this event in Philadelphia. It was a Get Motivated seminar. It was the first time I spent money on myself to go to a seminar. And I sat in this seminar, thought I was gonna take a picture with Les Brown just to tell him how impactful he was in my life. But when I got to take the photo with him, the person said, you bought the wrong package. This is why I'm always VIP, always first class, always top of the top when I go to these events now because I never want to be in a place where I may miss an opportunity, right? And so I missed this opportunity to take a picture with him because I skimmed for the titanium package instead of the platinum package, right? It was a couple of dollars less. I figured I could still get in there because I got the platinum package. Here's how it changed my life. I went back to my seat. I was frustrated because I wanted to tell him how important he was in my life. But it was that moment that I made the decision, I'm not supposed to be in his life as a picture taker. I'm supposed to be in his life as a spiritual son. That was four years ago. I'm in his life as a spiritual son. That's the importance of making the decision, but it's also the importance of investing in yourself. In the beginning, we sometimes want the information, we want the advice, and we want it for free. Here's what free is, Sean. Free is easy. Free is convenient. Free is not really challenging. So in order for me to actually get to the point that I was at or I'm at right now in his life, guess what I had to do? I had to invest in those coaching programs with him. I had to consistently, and then the next level up, and then the next level up, and then the next level up, and I'm spending thousands upon thousands, but guess what? I'm getting myself in position for the greatest speaker to actually see who I really am because I'm willing to invest in myself. And that's the thing. We're not willing to invest in ourselves from our self-education, but we're willing to invest in ourselves in materialistic things, things that don't bring us value. We'd rather spend money than invest money. We should always look at our life as an investment, not as spending. Invest, we get the return. Spin, we lose. Powerful. So powerful.
0: Okay, talk to me about your Wake Up series. Where did it come um, from? Why Wake yeah. Up? Why Wake Up and Win? Wake Up and Live? Like, in, in, I believe you're going to release a third part to that, correct?
1: Yeah, so I initially started Wake Up and Win. Um, in fact, it's funny because the first time that I did meet Les Brown, the first thing he said to me was, where's your book? I want to write a forward to it. Now, I don't know this man, right? And the first time I finally come in contact with him, there was something in him that I became a magnet to because my burning desire, that definiteness of purpose that we talked about, I was so in tune with my purpose that when my purpose materialized itself, I became a magnet to it. So he could only say those things because it was something that I constantly replayed over and over and over. I imagined it. In fact, Albert Einstein once said, imagination is the preview of things to come in your life. So I only imagined what I saw that day. So this is why we can't go on saying things like uh, I never imagined my life to be like this. Yes, we will. We do imagine. We're either imagining a life that we want to live, or we're imagining a life that we don't want to live. And both of them, we materialize on a daily basis. So the Wake Up and Win series started from actually meeting Les Brown. I, I I didn't even have a I didn't have a paragraph written, and here's this man saying I'm gonna write this book. So I wrote my first book, Wake Up and Win. It took me two years to write this book. In this two years that I was writing Wake Up and Win, guess what started happening, Sean? My relationship with Les Brown started forming. My relationship with Les Brown started growing. My relationship with Les Brown started developing. So because of that, him writing the forward to my book made all the sense in the world. It was powerful, like how all that stuff really started happening. And Wake Up and Live was kind of like a follow-up to Wake Up and Win because of everything that was going on. And then I started thinking about another wake-up, but I couldn't really think of what I wanted to wake up from this time around. <laughs> so we put the for now. And I just released my new book, Unshakable Focus, which, abs- which actually was a conversation that me and Les had. And he was talking about how we needed to develop a certain type of focus to overcome what we're dealing with right now in this time. And I was like, man, what kind of focus do we need? He said, we need an unshakable focus. That's what he said. I said, that's it, that's the title to my next book. I'm running with that thing, man.
0: Nice, very nice. Okay, so so earlier in the conversation, you said people need to know who their target audience is, who they're writing it. You know, when they go pen to paper, they should be thinking who am i writing this for right who did you write your book for
1: well i i looked at the 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 entrepreneur i looked at the you know the person that's over 30 35 years old who has already been in this world for a time that would experience challenges obstacles adversity um i looked at the people who wanted to get from where they are to where they wanted to be I looked at the combination of that, and I realized something. People are doing two things every day. They're trying to figure out how they can maintain the good that they do have, even if it's fleety or flighty, or how they can go from the good to the great. That was the common theme that everybody dealt with on a day. How can I maintain good, or how can I go from good to great? So when I realized that, I said, okay, that's my market. A lot of people are gonna deal with adversity. A lot of people are gonna deal with challenges, but it's not in the adversity. Well, it's in the adversity that we actually discover who we really are. So I wanted to target that audience, the people that, because we're always gonna go through something, right? We're always gonna go through a challenge. We're always gonna go through an obstacle, But what do we do in that adversity or in those obstacles? So it doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. You can be uh, in the penitentiary. You can be uh, dealing with child support. You can be dealing with a divorce. You can be dealing with a financial setback. You can be dealing with a job loss, economic disaster, pandemic, scandemic, whatever you want to call it. You can pick up Wake Up and Win, Wake Up and Live, and apply those principles that's in that book. And it'll Turn your life around the moment you start applying those principles.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. What advice would you give? You know, we're all living in a brand new world. Right. You, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone could have imagined. No. From a global standpoint, what 2020 had in store for us.
1: Right, right. The
0: world is so different than anything we've ever known it to be people are depressed, people yes. have lost hope, people are quarantined for so many months. And, you know, just by virtue of not being able to go out, we realize <laughs> just by nature, we're, we're social beings. right? And not having this, that social interaction with other human beings are leaving people depressed, leaving people, they're losing hope. And in, in addition to that, the job market, so many people have lost their income, so many people, you know, the, the job situation it's it's not what it was. Like, what right. advice would you have for people who right now, in real time, are going through something that they've never experienced? And I'm not just talking about people who might have gambled their life away or right, right, right. you know, I'm talking about hard working. Right. Who, who who woke up every day? And they did. They did everything right.
1: <laughs> right. Right. But,
0: but circumstances have left them
1: in a dark place. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you asked that question. I think it's it, it's it's an, it's something that we I actually just finished talking about. This has put us in an even playing field with everybody. So nobody nobody can escape this one, right? We all have to face the reality of what is actually going on. I think right now is a moment for all of us just to take a look in the mirror and ask ourselves this question, am I being or am I doing or am I still going after the dream? And the reason why is sometimes we need that reset. And before we could hide, we could hide if we weren't going after the dream, we could hide if we weren't going after the goal or the idea. But now life is asking something of you. Life is requiring you to become more, to become that person that you said you would become to get the thing that you really want. And it's not gonna come the easy way, and that's where I think we are right now. We have to realize that our dreams, our goals, the ideas, the things that we wanna accomplish, we can actually accomplish those, but it's gonna take a different type of person in order to accomplish those things. What we have to realize is our dreams, our goals, They don't come down and get us, Sean. We gotta rise to that dream and rise to that goal. They're not gonna come and say, hey man, listen, You know that book you wanted to write, I got it for you. No, you gotta get behind the scenes and you gotta start writing. You gotta start thinking. You gotta start believing. You gotta start dreaming. That house you want, you gotta start believing. You gotta start thinking. You gotta start dreaming. You gotta put in the work. There's no such thing as something for nothing, but now life is just asking a little bit more of you so you can actually live the way you always wanted to live because you got to pay the price for something. You got to be willing to exchange for something.
0: You said your dreams and goals don't come down to you. Oh, they don't. You have to rise up and claim them. You have to (laughs) rise up and get it.
1: That's some deep stuff. That's it, my brother. They ain't, they ain't coming down to rescue us. <laughs> we nah, get I up, mean, get it, that's
0: so well said, and it's also so well said that the, right now, in this moment, in this moment in time, life is requiring more of us. Yes. That's, that's so powerful. That's it. That is so powerful. Before we close this thing out, how much of this power was always in you? And how much of it would you say came through you investing in yourself? What, what it, it, It's what I'm hearing. Is this the essence of Jermaine? It was always there. Kind of like when you, those rock sculpturers, the people who, you know, if, 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 if you see people who chisel faces out of just some big rock and they'll tell you, you know, the, the face was always there. I just kind right. of, the way, the the, the the loose pebbles and stuff, but that face was always, there. like in your case, I find you to be such an inspiring and powerful brother. Was it always there for you or is this something that, it, it, it was learned, It was it was something that somebody had to bring out of you? And I ask you this because, again, before we close this out, there's somebody who is sitting on potential, but they don't even know they have it you know, then life might not have uh, uh, rewarded them yet for that potential or might not have showcased, allowed them to showcase all that's in them. So is this something that was always there for you? And for somebody who was out there who might not even realize all that they could be, is it, is it, is it a conscious thing? Is it, is, it, is it on purpose that you have to go out there and seek to have it brought out of you?
1: Wow, that's such a loaded question, my brother. I mean, super loaded. But let me answer from my perspective. I, this person you see today here in front of you, the person that you've grown to know over the last year or so, no, that that wasn't always there. You know, I literally had to read and develop and grow and study and become. And then I had to go on the belief of my mentor until my own belief kicked in. He was the one saying, you're going to be this Uh, gifted international speaker. He was the one who kept saying, uh, you gotta put in the work. He was the one who said, you're the voice of the next generation. And it was at one moment I woke up and I said, you know what, he's absolutely right. Um, It was that seed that he planted that started to actually materialize in my life. The challenge I think most of us have is our concept, our belief or the image that we have of ourselves Are so low, it's so down. We don't even know how powerful, we don't know the infinite potential, we don't know how uh, strong we are to accomplish. And we're only operating on 5% of our thinking, we're only operating on 5% of our physical usage. So we never really reach our full potential. We don't even know all of the infinite possibilities that's locked up and dormant inside of us because we're so focused on this material world and all of the stuff that's going on that we never just sit down, center ourselves and dig deep within. And again, I think that's what, what we're going through right now is challenging us to do. It's to dig within, dig, find within, find that true meaning, that true purpose to live life and live life more abundantly. And I'm not talking about the financial aspect, but I'm talking about happiness. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about the fullness of life. The only way we can do that is if we tap into our infinite possibilities that's buried deep down inside of us.
0: Wonderful. Wonderfully said. Wonderfully said. If someone wants to pick up your book, where can they find it?
1: Uh, right now, I mean, it's easy on Amazon. All three of them actually Wake Up and Win, uh, Wake Up and Live, and Unshakable Focus. Unshakable Focus is only in ebook format. It's actually 99 cents in ebook format on Amazon right now. Uh, this morning, I actually just decided to print that in hardback. So um, that'll probably be up within the next two weeks or so online as well. Um, And uh, that's the best place to go. I have an author page. All of my books are there. I'm working on two more books before the year is out. So uh, everything is on Amazon right now, my brother.
0: Okay. Where can people find you if they want to bring you into their organization or their facility or institution to speak? Because you're such a prophetic and profound and powerful speaker.
1: Where can they find you at? I appreciate that, my brother. On all social media handles, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, I'm Jermaine Miller, J-E-R-M-A-I-N-M-I-L-L-E-R. You can hit the inquiry button on JermaineMiller.com or email me at uh, Jermaine at Jermaine Miller. Uh, There's no E on the end of my name. So it's J-E-R-M-A-I-N.
0: Yeah, I was going to make that notation. No E. Again, no E at the end of his name. Jermaine, I will one hundred percent have you back because you know it's funny, right? That's when you know the conversation is—it's—it's it's good. It—it's quality. It—you know—it is something that is of substance because I had so many notes and I had a whole direction I wanted to take this conversation in, and just your speaking, I'm like, I, I put my notes down. I'm like, listen, <laughs> we gotta go where the conversation is taking us. Yeah, I don't man. wanna pause nothing, I'm just gonna go because I was having a, such a good time with you. So I will absolutely have you back on the platform.
1: And you I, know, I, I'll be honest, brother. You know, that's nothing.
0: Yeah, no, I thank you, brother. You, you, your willingness to give, your willingness to share and and just the way you poured into us today. Like, like I thank you. I, I think you're amazing, Continue blessings and success thank to you. you, you are a true, and I mean a true, Power Move maker,
1: thank you. I appreciate you brother, thank you for having me today.
0: What's up guys, thanks for sticking with me to the end of the video, truly appreciate you. If you like anything you heard here today, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you know anybody that can benefit from this message, Feel free to share. Peace and love.